Oh, it's good to be here. Good morning, church. Oh, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. It's bright up here, so I'll get used to that. But um, Go ahead and open up to Isaiah 26. As Dan said, I'm coming from Louisville, but uh, ultimately going back to Akron. Love that church. Excited to go right back there. And I love, I love this church, and I love that I've gotten to know some of you. And I just so, I so love that we can be in partnership with you through Sovereign Grace. And being able to be down at Pastors College and meet some, some of the, the men who serve that, that church in this denomination and their wives who uphold them and help them so well, uh, I'm just, I have even more faith for what the Lord's going to do in this church and in my church back home, and by extension, Sovereign Grace as a whole, uh, it, is, it is a joy. And what a privilege. You, you are led by such great pastors. I, I know each one of them. And it's, what a privilege to be able to have this pulpit right now, that, that you guys are giving that up. Um, so, so what a joy it is to be here. Uh, as Dan mentioned, I've, I've, I've been doing youth camp for over a decade. I've been going there year after year, and my wife served many years as well. So I know some of you from that uh, and just have really enjoyed getting to know you through that. Uh, just, just over three years ago, I believe it was YC Youth Camp 2018, I was at youth camp and I was in the middle of setting up a field. One of my responsibilities was the game, so I was setting up a field for some outdoor activities. And, and youth camp's about an hour and a half from Akron. And so I'm there, I'm away from my wife, I'm there try, early trying to get things ready, and my wife, Abby, who's here, was several weeks pregnant with our third child at that point. And in the middle of me being out there on the field, setting things up, trying to run around and get everything done, Abby, Abby gives me a phone call. And so, okay, why is Abby calling me right now? Because I know she, she knows I need to be centered, so this is important, got to answer that one. And she called me, and immediately I could tell there was, there was concern in her voice. And her voice was shaking. And she let me know that she was fearful, that she was worried, that something was happening that might lead to us losing our child in that moment. And immediately my mind was flooded with, with, with what ifs. I immediately started focusing on the things that, that I had to do to figure that situation out, to, to, to lead my family, to serve my wife, to figure out what I needed to do. And in my moment, my circumstances had changed, my situation had changed, and, and immediately I was tempted toward doubt. Anxiety threatened my soul. I had to quickly leave camp, jump in my car, and go home to try to figure out what to do. And, and in that car, an hour and a half, I, I, I battled. I battled. You see, I, I was in need. A storm had come my way, and I was in need of peace in that moment. And my, my bank account, <laughs> my bank account wasn't going to help me at that moment. Entertainment wasn't going to help me. I, I couldn't pull up Facebook and check out how many likes I had on my last post. That, that wasn't going to settle my soul. And, and driving home, I remember battling 
And at one point, finally, I, I just called out to God. And I called out to just a simple prayer, repeated over and over again, just a simple expression of my, my limitations in that moment and a plea for help. God, I trust you. And God, I need you. And we need you. And, and, by, and by the, listen, by the time I got out of that car, saying that same thing over and over and over again, my situation hadn't changed. I didn't know what was in front of me. But my mindset was different. God had poured out peace to my soul. I got into that car. I was, I was weak. I was, I was shaken. But I got out clothed and, and changed in something different. Almost like armor had been put on me to guard me for what I was about to face. And it, how'd that happen? What's, it's promises that are given to us in Isaiah 26 that show us exactly what happened in that moment. So I, I want to go ahead and dive into God's Word, Isaiah 26. We'll read, we'll read verses 1 through 6. And today my title is Unshakable Peace. Isaiah 26. In that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for, for the Lord is an everlasting rock. For he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low, lays it low to the ground. He casts it to the dust. The foot tramples it, the feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. Lord, as we dive into your word, may you bless now the preaching of your word. And would you encourage our souls through it. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, church, where, where do we find peace when our minds are troubled? Whether it's those mundane moments or more of those weighty moments where our minds are flooded with what-ifs, well, listen, we, we have a rock-solid answer to that question. We have a rock-solid answer from, from Isaiah 26 that, that our God has graciously given us a promise of peace that can carry us through any, any moment in this life. I think, I think the bigger idea for, this, for us this morning is that, that when we trust in God's faithfulness, that he guards us with unshakable peace. You see, whether, whatever moment we face, when, when you wake up, you know these times, you wake up and you're just immediately anxious about what's ahead of you that's on your calendar that day, when, or, or you go online and you see a news report that just immediately tempts you. You, you, you get worried, you get fearful, you get anxious, or you're, you're, you're called into work and you don't know, to the office at work and you don't really know why in that moment, and you're shaken. In, that moment, in those moments, where do we find peace? It, it, it can't be found in our own strength, in our willpower. It can't be found in, in what the world tells us to, to do to get peace. It, you see, it's as we fix our eyes on God's faithfulness, His trustworthiness that He surrounds us and keeps us in peace. That it's when we trust in God's faithfulness that he guards us with unshakable peace. So, 
why can we trust in God's faithfulness and be, and be guarded? We're, we're, we're going to look at three reasons this morning. We're going to look at the guaranteed future that we have from God. We're going to look at the, the precious promise of peace that God gives and our response, which is constant assurance. So let's look at point number one, our guaranteed future. Guaranteed future from verses 1 to 2. Isaiah begins this section of the prophecy with a, with a song for the people of Judah. Verse 1, in that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Isaiah 26 falls, it falls in a section of his prophecy from Isaiah 24 to Isaiah 27 where, where it casts a vision of the supremacy of God, the judge over all nations. And, and, it, and it's, it's interesting because earlier in this prophecy, Isaiah had prophesied about how the northern kingdom in Israel was going to be exiled. The Assyrians were going to come in and take them captive. And then he also said, in the other kingdom, the southern kingdom, Judah, where they're going to be taken captive as well, just by somebody else, by Babylon, that God's people were going to be... Isaiah saying, hey, guess what, God's people? You're going to be battered. You're going to be mocked. You're going to be defeated. You're going to be taken captive. And, and frankly, all just didn't look well for God's people in that moment. So God gives him this vision. And he says, hold up, hold, hold up. Let me give you this vision. And declare that who, who's supreme over everything that's about to happen? God is supreme. I am. God, God is supreme over the situation. And there's going to be a short-term judgment over these nations. These nations that are about to capture you, take you captive, they're, they're going to be judged short-term. And you know what, God's people, there's going to be a day when all is going to be made right. Isaiah 25, 8, just a chapter earlier, it says, the, the prophet declares, he will swallow up death forever and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. All this will happen on that day, that day described in Isaiah 24, the day of the Lord when Christ will return to judge the kings and the rulers of the earth. So, so Isaiah breaks into a song, a song that says, Judah, things, things have not gone well for you. And some of that's your fault. A lot of it's your fault. Things haven't gone well for you. Good news, they're going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse. But all is not lost. Despite what you're going to see, what you're, you're seeing right now, the, the Lord reigns as the only sovereign who, who is bringing about his good purposes. And you need to focus not on your situation, but above and beyond that on the Lord God Almighty. So the Lord God, the Lord God calls his people to trust him alone. Not, not Assyria, not, not Babylon, not these mighty nations. And he says, you're, you're going to live in these nations. You're going to live in pagan cultures. But let this vision right here in Isaiah 26, let this song that casts a vision strengthen you for today. You see, Judah was going to be tempted by circumstances, by these prideful nations. They would interact daily. They would live in these cities where, where they, these, these cities just pursue peace and security and a whole lot of things that aren't, that aren't God money and, and power and, and fame and, and comfort. And that sounds familiar. And they're, they're going to be tempted to be, to be hooked in by their surroundings. And, and just like Judah, we're, we're tempted in this same way to, to look to our world to provide paths to peace. 
to align ourselves with the world and the world's methods. And so, so when it comes to getting peace, we're surrounded by a culture that, that has the answers. It, it, it's alcohol, it's, it's, it's heroin, it's, it's money, it's, it's movies, it's, it's, it's your phone, it's your reputation, it's your house, it's Netflix. And, and, and if we're not careful, we, we can get hooked in into the pursuit of these throughout our lives. And we, we, we can align ourselves with this, this world that's opposed to God instead of running to God in those moments. But Isaiah calls Judah and he calls us to look at God's city, the kingdom of heaven. Look, look, look at verse 1 again. He says, we, we have a strong city. He sets up salvation as walls and, and bulwarks. Walls and bulwarks. What's protecting this city? It's, it's, it's an inner wall, and it's, it's an outer wall. Picture this big castle that is not able to be penetrated. And are, are, these, are these man-made walls that are supposed to defend this city that's going to come? No, it's, look at what it says. It says salvation. Salvation is the defense. God gives his people a secure salvation that, that surrounds them. And it sets them on a course to an imperishable inheritance beyond the streets of the earth and the cities that they live in. And we see here, church, we see here that the, the source of our peace is not, is not this crumbling world. It, it is in God. It is in the future climactic salvation that he guarantees. He guarantees to us through Christ that God has graciously initiated, God has graciously accomplished our salvation, that He is for us, that He is not against us, that He has promised to bring us to this eternal city in which He, God Himself, the Holy God, will dwell with man. So, so Isaiah says, let, let this guaranteed future, let that strengthen you, not, not what you see around you. Long for that better city that God has prepared, that, that th this vision of that day of eternal peace is a guarantee that transcends whatever we face. A day in which all anxieties, all, all fears that we experience will, will be no more. And who can experience the security? I want that. I want that. Who, who can experience that security? Verse 2, look at verse 2. It says, it says, open the gates. Well, what strong city does that? Open the gates that the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. So God springs the gates open. And in so doing, God freely offers salvation to, to all who would come to the city and exchange their loyalty card to, to this world that is opposed to him and, and pledge allegiance to him and him alone and to his kingdom. And so... So who are the righteous? The righteous are those who will stand one day at the gates of God's eternal city and declare it. I live my life submitted to Christ. And, and I got here and I'm standing before you in, in the blaze of your holy presence, not, not because of me, not because of what I did, but because of Christ and his work in me. You see, church, we live in this world, but let us declare that we are even now citizens in the city of God, that we will receive the blessed hope that awaits us beyond this life of trials and tribulations and anxieties and, and fears. 
that we, we can sing in confidence in that day and live in perfect peace today. Remember, look at the text. It's, it's a song. Let us sing. Let us sing as we just did about our, our glorious hope. But, but we're living here. We're not there yet. We've got to be honest with ourselves. We've got, we got to ask. Let me, let me ask you, what, where, where do you find your peace in those moments that shake you? And it's a good place to pause. Think about this week. Where were you tempted this, this week? Write it down if it comes to you. To, to, to be anxious. To despair. Toward fear. And, and what did you do in that moment? Some will run to the simple pleasures like a, a, just a good drink or a good movie. Some, some will just, they see a news report and they, they want to research. I'm going to gather more information that's, that's what I need to settle my anxiety. Some, some it's just a dream. A better house, a better kids, a better government, whatever that might be. And so the question for, for us this morning is where, where do we run in those moments? And we must be reminded that, that every promise of peace, all these other categories, all these things that we might run to, it, it's just going to come up empty. That, that God is calling us to look beyond our circumstances, to look beyond what the world might offer to us, and to look to that day, God's guaranteed future for his children, God's guarantee of faithfulness to the end. That means that he's going to be faithful to us today. Let's look next at how he, that he promises to do that for us. So, so we have a guaranteed future. Point number two, we have a, a precious promise. We see this in verses three to four. Verse 3 says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect, perfect peace offered to all who trust in God, who all who stay their minds on him. And, and what is that peace? Perfect peace. The, the phrase is literally, dig out your Hebrew if you know Hebrew. Peace, peace. And you probably know this word, shalom, shalom. It's just repeated. Peace, peace, shalom, shalom. And so God promises shalom to his children. And it's, it's more than just the absence of, of conflict and trials. It's more than just maybe what we might always usually typically think of with peace. It's more than just the absence of those things. It's more than just removing the bad things around us. It's more than world peace, the end of, the end of war. This is a perfect peace that is a gift from the sovereign Lord to his children. And more specifically, it's a, it's a positive blessing to those who are in right relationship with him. It's, it gives a sense of complete wholeness, of, of a guarantee of being fully at ease, at, at being fully calm and satisfied, fulfilled, a sense that all is well when we, when we align ourselves with all we're living out with all that God intends for us. And this shalom is offered amid anything we experience. And, and perhaps most powerfully, in the middle of our hardest moments. And, that, and that's what some of us need to hear this morning. That's what I need to hear this morning. Some of us are in the middle of a situation that is, 
that's trying us, that, that's just trying our trust daily and hourly and, and tempting us toward the pursuit of other things to set our souls. And, and, and if, you, if you aren't in that situation, praise the Lord, but odds are you will be at, at some point in your life, some, sometime soon maybe. And so what hope do we have in those moments? How, how can we tap into this, this perfect peace? We trust this promise that, that God's going to keep us in those moments, that, that He is going to guard us, that He will preserve us. We, we trust the promise of Isaiah 42, 6. Thus says, the God, says God, the Lord who created the heavens, who stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you. I will take you by the hand, and I will keep you. Who, who can make that promise? You, you don't know, Lord, what I'm going through. You, you don't know the, the hurt that I'm experiencing in, in this moment. Who, who can promise unshakable peace? The one who created the heavens. The one who stretched them out. The, the one who called us to himself and created us in Christ to walk out his eternal good purposes. The one who did not spare his own son for us, but graciously gave us all things, including his son, Romans 8, 32. Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, who, who entered our world of confusion and fear and lies, who became like, like us, who was, who was tempted to fear toward distrusting God, who, who persevered unto death. And, and because he did this, he, he accomplished our salvation. He reconciled us to God so that we can now receive the blessings that he offers. Because we have now peace with God, we can have peace in our lives. And, and, and God, Jesus did all that, not, not so that we can dwell in anxiety and fear, and not so that we can just say, that, that's just who I am, that's my personality, I just, I, I struggle with this, but so that we might have victory, that we might be empowered by the Spirit to repent of those moments of unbelief, that we might receive God's promised gift of peace. Listen, church, God himself promises to guard your heart and your mind with an unshakable peace that transcends your ability and your situation. Those times when, when everything else around you seems to be to be crashing. Maybe, maybe you lose your job. You, maybe you, you get a call on the phone that you have just dreaded to get. What, whatever, whatever ahead of you just seems to be impossible for you. Your, your health is, is failing, and yet in a way that you, that you just can't explain in that moment, you're able to say on your lips, oh, just all is well. I, I don't know why, but my, my peace, my, my soul is at peace. I, I have well-being right now. And, and listen, the this gift, it's not based on your strength and your faith. It's, it's based on Yahweh. Yahweh who keeps us in perfect peace. And it's, it's our weak trust that reaches out to God in those moments and that leads to the strong arm of God carrying us through those moments. But you see, even, even as God's children, we, we can flip this around. We can say, yeah, God, God I, I, I get this. God, God, give me peace, and then I'll trust you. God, just, just take away this trial, and then, then I'll put my faith in you. And, and that's not it. This, Isaiah 26, this, this promise, it, it's not a promise of changed circumstances. 
You see, it's as we trust in God, in every circumstance, that God blesses us with peace. Verse 3 again, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And we, we have to kind of read that a little bit backwards. We, we have someone who is in a situation where he's trusting God. You see it at the end. How is he doing that? Because his mind is stayed on him. And, and what's the result? Perfect peace. You see, it's as we, as we stay our minds on God that he keeps us in peace. Our minds are the center of our thoughts. But even more, more than that, when, when we see minds here, it's, it's our devotion. It's our purposes. It's our desires. It's our imaginations. It's, it gives the idea of what is, what is formed in our minds, coming up out of our, from our deepest desires, like a, like a potter forms clay, a clay pot. And you see... We, we, we are constantly forming our thoughts. We're, we're constantly interpreting the world around us and creating a mindset, a worldview. And out of that worldview, out of that mindset, we fix our minds on something. God makes it clear here that the only, the only mind and the only mindset that will be guarded, that will receive peace, is the one that is preoccupied with Him. Our minds are kept by God when they are governed not, not, governed not by what is in front of us, but by a belief in God's trustworthiness and faithfulness, regardless of what's in front of us. The mind that's fixed on a, a true reality. So, so Isaiah says, fix your minds here. But, but I know this so well, I'm sure you know this, that we can so easily, we, we know these promises, but we can we can form a false reality in our minds. We can, we can reform whatever is going on with, with, with a lie that, that God doesn't have a good plan in this situation, that I've got a good father, but how can he let me suffer like this in this, in this moment? And we can become blinded to God's good purposes. Our, and our minds can be just flooded with these imaginations and with, with these lies and Many of you are familiar with, with C.S. Lewis's book in his series Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader. And in the book, he, he gives us a, a frightening picture of how, of how this thing can happen. You see, in, in the story, Prince Caspian is sailing through the sea, and he has a group of sailors with him, and he's on a journey to, to find lost friends, and he's on a journey to, to see the end of the world, the edge. He, that's where he wants to go. And in the middle of this journey, they sail by the dark island into complete darkness. It's just a scary place, complete pitch black darkness. And in the darkness, they hear a voice, and it's, it's, it's a crazed man. They can't see him. They just hear this voice. Oh, and try to picture yourself being in this situation. You're, you can't see anything. You can't see the people next to you. And you hear this voice, and, and here's what he's saying. This darkness is where dreams, dreams, do you understand? They come to life. And they come real. Not, not daydreams, but dreams. And the story says that there was about a half a minute silence processing, taking that in. And then with a great clatter of armor, the, the whole crew were tumbling down the main hatch as quick as they could and 
flinging themselves on the oars to row as, as they had never rowed before. For it had taken everyone just that half minute to remember certain, certain dreams they had had, dreams that make you afraid of going to sleep ever again. And the same idea was occurring to everyone on board this crew. We shall never get out. We, we will never get out. And these men were faithful sailors. They, they had a mission. They had a destination. But the circumstances changed. And, and their fears overtook them. They, they began to imagine things. And, it, and it, their worldview changed. Their mindset changed. And you see, when, when, when we're fearful, when, when we're anxious, like then we're, we're darkened in our minds. We're taken captive to other thoughts. And we no longer see the promises of God. That God is no longer sovereign or, or good or loving. And we, we picture other things. We don't see God as faithful. Tim Keller says it's, it's functional atheism in those moments. It's, it's instead of God's word informing us, our, our dreams and our imaginations, they, they cloud our vision. And like darkness descending on our minds, anxiety creeps in, and fear and hopelessness and, and unbelief. And in these moments, we must ask ourselves, what, what's causing us to take our minds off the Lord? In, in the moment that you're thinking about, that you may be going through, what, what, what are you imagining? What are you believing that, it, that is not true? It's in these moments that we must fix our eyes on God's faithfulness. I, I, I love how this, this episode in this Narnia story ends. You, amid all this darkness and chaos, you see Lucy, good, good old faithful Lucy. Lucy whispers, Aslan, Aslan, if you, if you ever loved us at all, send us help now. And it's, the story says the, the darkness didn't grow any less. The darkness doesn't change. But Lucy began to feel a little, a very, very little better. And soon there was a tiny speck of light ahead. And, and while the crew watched, a broad beam of light fell from it upon the ship, lighting the ship up amid the darkness. And the darkness didn't disappear. But a light is cast on her as she cries out for help that, that removes their imaginations, that removes their fears that the descending darkness sparked. In church, we, we must stay our minds on God's faithfulness, that, that in that, the darkness that creeps in, the unbelief that creeps in might be shattered, and that our minds might be flooded with peace. That, you see, every moment of our life needs a, they're going to be interpreted somehow, they need a God-centered interpretation that, that comes from His Word, that comes from His very great promises. So, so church, let God's, God's Word inform your thoughts. Let, let it transform your response, knowing that he's conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ. Let, let, let thoughts like Isaiah 26, 12, a few verses later, oh, oh, oh Lord, you will ordain peace for us, for you have indeed done for us all your works. That, that God in your situation has ordained peace for you. John Oswalt commentates this way. He says, we, we do not deny the present, nor do we know of any power to help ourselves, but we know a God whose strength is as limitless as his love and whose purposes remain steadfast to bless all those who commit themselves to him. 
Church, commit yourself to God knowing that he's committed to you. And, and, and look at the text, verse 3. How, how do we do that? How do we, how do we keep our minds stayed on God? Be, because. Because we trust in God. You, you see that word, because? That's, that's why we can fix our eyes on God. And right after it says, verse 4, trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock forever. Everlasting. God, God has seen it all. That, that means he's had a plan from the beginning. That, that means he has purposes that go beyond today or, or tomorrow and they are threaded throughout history, that, that God has sovereignly been acting to preserve his people and perfectly orchestrated events for generations. And, and Isaiah here is calling us to, to lift our eyes from the present and to fix our eyes on the everlasting rock, to persevere, even when our circumstances don't change, even amid the trouble, even when we don't see fruit out of our actions, even so God is faithful, that, that God is at work we can have peace about the past. We can have peace right now as we trust him. And we can step into the unknown of the future and be unshaken because we know that we will be kept by an everlasting rock who has seen it all and who will carry us through. Listen, church, we, we, we have a, a precious promise of peace. And we have a guaranteed future. And lastly, and this will be brief, we have a constant Assurance. This is our response. We have a, a, a constant assurance in these last two verses, five and six. Verse five says, for, for he has humbled the inhabitants of the height, the lofty city. He lays it low to the ground. He casts it to the dust. The, the foot tramples it. The feet of the poor, the steps of the needy. So, so Isaiah, he's still singing. He's still singing the song and he, and he moves on to show us a specific reason why we can trust the everlasting rock. Look, look how that flows. Trust in God for, for this reason. Judah, you remember those great nations that are coming? And, and, and they're just like Babel. They're, they raise themselves in pride. They're, they are lofty in their eyes. And this lofty city is, is, is the opposite of trusting God. And, and in, our, in our world, there are many... There are many who are going to choose the temporary glory of this lofty city, of this world, and they're going to run to temporary solutions, and they will run to independence that, that goes outside of, of God being the center of their lives. And, and here Isaiah says, they don't know what's coming. Isaiah's vision makes it clear that there's going to be a day in which all this pursuit, all the world's methods all their path to peace will be, they're going to be shown for the emptiness that they are. That God, he, he who is high and lifted up will, will humble these cities. He, he's going to lay them low. That he will cast them into the dust that once was mighty, which once seemed to have all the answers where, where people are running to them to get answers that God's going to bring to destruction. And, and, and listen, we, we can choose to run to that the temporary things, but, but Isaiah puts this warning here because there's a sure end in sight for them. And for the believer, this, this passage grounds our hope. That, that God's a trustworthy king that has assured us of a sure future. That even now, as, as we're watching this, this world, what, they, what it promotes, as we're tempted to say, well, well look at it. I, I know it's trumpeting lies. I but it's, it seems to be winning. It seems like their worldview and, and their views are dominating. 
my, my friends are being, ca- are being taken captive into this world. Some of my, my kids seem to be taken captive by the world's methods. But, but God gives us a constant assurance that even, even if the scoreboard looks like it's in the world's favor right now, that even when our circumstances look overwhelming, that God is actively bringing about his good and glorious purposes. So church, tr- trust in God. Trust in the one who is working in ways that you can't see for your good. Trust, trust in the one who has equipped you for, for this season and the next season. Trust in the one who uses every situation, including the curse of a cross for good. He used that to redeem and to bless his people. That's a sign of his faithfulness to us. And the reality is that it is the faithful. It is the poor in spirit. It is the ones who are, who are needy who will who will one day have victory, who will one day trample this city. It is the one who clings to the Lord, the one who believes in his trustworthiness, that it's the humble that will triumph. And, and, and church, see how God lifts up the humble. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus says the, the one who is high and, and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and, and holy place and also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit to, to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. So, church, let us humble ourselves before our Lord. And, and, and one specific way we do that is through prayers that proclaim our faith in God and his faithfulness and trustworthiness we see this Philippians 4, you know this verse. It's, it's, it says that 4, 6, and 7, the, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, by supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And, and what's going to happen when you do that? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And let this be the blessed assurance that controls that, that when we trust in God's faithfulness, that He guards us with unshakable peace. Church, months after that, that, that phone call with my wife at youth camp on the field, oh, praise the Lord, I experienced wonderful joy. Um, he's here, he's in class right now, my, my third son, Jonah, was born, praise the Lord for that. And I, and I can testify that before we even knew, when I walked through the house to see my wife, before I knew that that and that circumstance would happen, that, that blessing, before all that, 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 I can testify that God poured out his incredible peace in that situation. It, it, but if for some reason he chose not to bless us with him, he chose to do something differently. That I'm, I'm confident, and I know we can be confident, that he, he would have guarded me and my wife in that moment, and that he's going to guard you. Church, he is gar- going to guard each one of you as you look to him. Whatever's ahead of you, whatever you're going through, when you trust his faithfulness, when you trust his trustworthy He's going to give you a peace that will not allow you to be shaken. Let's pray. Lord, I, 
I thank you for this promise, and I pray that you would pour out your peace on this church, whatever's ahead of them, whatever trials they may experience, whatever joys and, and, and that, that, that you might bless them with, that, that they would feel like, like they're sitting in a castle with big walls. They, they feel perfectly secure. They feel like there, there's nothing that can come that can break down these walls. I, I'm on shake, and you can open the gates if you want to because my God is going to guard me. And I pray that that would be true for this church, that you would bless them and keep them, and you would pour out your peace upon them. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.